Well, God bless you. Welcome to Church on the Hill. We're so glad you're here. Um, and our heart does just go out to Pastor Justin. Um, he is such a key part of our church body and a part of what I do. And uh, it's not the same without him. So we just miss him and just pray for him. Um, if you didn't already hear, we have food after service. So I want to encourage you, if you already had plans, change them and stick around with us and eat. Uh, we have, we, have uh, we. I, I don't like it when people say we and it had nothing to do with me. So they have prepared so much food and good food. Uh, the church is providing this for you, so please don't let it go to waste. Stick around. There is no hook in it. We just want to have a family dinner with you. Just want to sit out there and be together. Um, take the stress off of cooking. Take the stress off of going and getting in the lines um, at fast food or whatever. Please stick around and get to know us a little bit better. If I forget to say it at the end, you are invited. And let's leave it to God to make sure that there's enough. That's what he does. So if you've come today, it's your first time. I met a family. It's got five kids. You're invited. I show up. I've got four kids, and my kids eat like crazy. Free food. And then they bring their boyfriends and girlfriends, and they eat. We have to feed an army in our household. Okay, foundations. If you all got your Bibles, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. I try to tell myself I really don't have a problem with OCD until things that don't line up. And these candle things are not exactly in the center. <laughs> and my rug is not exactly in the center. And I've got my stand right on the middle. And then I look up and I'm like, I can't move. I can't, I'm stuck. Uh, so pray for me. It doesn't matter, but it matters to me. Foundations, Hebrews chapter 6. Again, this scripture is talking about how we are to lay the foundation and begin to build on it, not stay here forever. We've got to move off of milk and onto solid food. The milk is these foundation pieces. Even though they seem like huge things that we should be doing every day, we should we should be living our life through these lenses, through these filters, but not having to go back and relearn these filters every single time we make a mistake. We should build on these. We don't live uh, just on a foundation. We build a house on the foundation. So as we are taking time as a church and on small groups, taking time here, it's not so that we can stay here. It's so that we can build on this and live through this. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 says, Therefore, knowing, knowing that we are supposed to move on, therefore, leaving the discussion of elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, that's what we talked about last week, and of faith toward God, the doctrine of baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. I can, that last little scripture I can't leave off because I, I believe it means God's going to make sure your foundation is right. He doesn't just let you go on and build on a bad foundation. But he wants you to build the foundation and get to building on top of that foundation. 
Are you with me? All right. So the next one today is faith. And just a, just a little bit of encouragement, we are going to look at this for two weeks. Faith is a biggie. Repentance is a biggie, but faith, I could not get it done in one week. And then we're take, we're, we're, uh, Jeff Plant is teaching a small group every Wednesday night for the next three weeks on faith. Come out, be a part of growing and getting this foundation la- uh, laid. Laying the foundation of relationship, laying the foundation of joining the body of Christ, and on top of that, laying the foundation of God's Word according to His Scripture of what foundation needs to be laid. Are you with me? All right. So, there are so many definitions outside of church, outside of Scripture, for the word faith. But we are going to look only to Scripture And, you know, this is one of those words, the Bible doesn't define a whole lot of things, but it defines faith. But I want you to catch, before we define it, two distinguishing features of faith. First of all, it always originates in God's Word. We can't get in a hurry here. You cannot get in a hurry laying the foundation. And 30 minutes a week is not enough to lay a foundation. You have to go out from here and begin to build your foundation. Church for 30 minutes is not enough. Imagine laying a foundation for your home and only spending 30 minutes a week. You'd never get it done. So, first, it originates in God's Word Second, it is always directly related to God's Word. Pastor, it sounds like you're saying the same thing. Well, I kind of am. It originates from God's Word, and it is directly related to God's Word. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. This is one of those you need to have up in your house. Faith is what? The substance. Have you ever let that sink in? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Don't let us just let this go in one ear and out the other. Let this go in one ear and stick in Jesus' name. Open up our ears. Another way to say this scripture is faith is the ground or the confidence of things hoped for, a sure persuasion or conviction Concerning things not seen. Now, it is easy to confuse faith with hope. It's easy to confuse these, but I want to give you some facts about faith. It indicates a distinction. Faith, Scripture indicates a distinction between faith and hope. In fact, both words are used in the Scripture. There are two main ways to see the difference between faith and hope. First, hope is directed toward the future. We're hoping for something that might happen. But faith is established in the present. Should I hang in there with me? Faith is established in the present. God is a God of present, of now. He is the God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. But he is, the, he is your God of now. 
Hope is an attitude of expectancy concerning things that are yet to be. But faith is a substance, a confidence, a real and definite thing within us that we possess here and now. Did you catch that? That faith is a substance. It's substantive. It's tangible. The second main difference is between faith and hope is that hope is anchored in the realm of the mind. Faith is anchored in the realm of the heart. Have you ever had things that you can't explain in your head, but you know it in your heart? Have you ever had those moments? No, it doesn't make sense. But for some reason, I know it. You can't tell me that God's not a, that God's not a healer because I know him to be. Can I explain how it happened? No. Can I explain how in the midst of uh, Elizabeth and I in 2000, whatever, one, three, having financial challenges and going and applying Dave Ramsey and applying the word of God, that God, not only did we do the principles of God, but God did a miracle in our life. I can't just explain it by us being faithful over our money. God had to move. You can't tell me it's not true. You can't tell me that giving, that God does not honor giving. I know he does. I don't really know how he does, but I know he does. I have evidence. My faith is evidence. It's substance. And you can't steal that from me. Now, you want to try to get in my head? I can question it. But in my heart, I know it. There's a difference between faith and hope. Faith is in your heart. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8. Flip with me there if you can. Try to keep up, but try to, try to get these verses down. Let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith. Now, I want you to get an image. We did this whole armor of God before, and I got out all the tools and all the armor. If you remember it, the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. Now, can we just use logic? What is being protected when it comes to faith? Your heart. What's being protected when it comes to hope? Your head. I'm not just making this stuff up. Hope is going on up here. Faith is going on down here. Faith is found in the region of the breast, the heart. Hope is pictured as a helmet, the region of the head or the mind. Hope is a mental attitude of expectancy concerning the future. Faith is a condition of the heart. Producing with us, within us here and now something so real that it, can, that it can be described with the word substance. Let's look at Romans chapter 10, verse 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 10. Now I stuck in a little bit of parentheses. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. Now if you will go and, and look up the word unto. If you look it up in the Greek, um, there is a great online uh, Bible app uh, on the web um, called Blue Letter Bible, I think. Is anybody familiar with that? Yeah, Blue Letter Bible. And you can quickly get to the Greek and Hebrew 
of every scripture. And as you look at the word unto, it literally means into. Now, I'm going to try to explain what I'm getting at here, but there's a difference between unto and into. So many people make a profession of faith in Christ and the Bible, but their faith is only in the realm of the head. It's an intellectual acceptance of certain facts and doctrines, right? Just made a decision. Came down and made, I just, I made a decision. This is not true scriptural faith, and it doesn't produce any vital change in the lives of those who profess it. On the other hand, heart faith produces a definite change in those who profess it. When associated with the heart, the verb to believe, the verb to believe becomes a verb of motion. So when Paul says, with the heart one believes into righteousness, not merely unto righteousness, not just in your head, in your head but into, moving into. When I go into a room, it's motion. The heart believes into righteousness. I am moving from out of righteousness into righteousness. When I genuinely have my heart filled with faith, I will begin to move into righteousness. I can walk and I'll pray a prayer and things happen in my head and I really want to change, but when it only stays in my head, I leave here and I'm lost. Because I have never made the connection between faith, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by you remove the word of God, it never gets past the mind into the heart. Your word I have hidden deep within me that I might not sin against you. It goes beyond my head into my heart where I begin to move because my heart makes me move. My mind will stop me. My heart will make me go even when nobody else can figure out what it is that I'm doing. Positively or negatively. You know drugs aren't good for you. But when they get into your heart... You cannot hardly break it. Do you hear me? Sexual sin, when it gets in your heart, you cannot hardly get free from it. That's why I must fill my heart with the Word of God. Once I fill my heart with the Word of God, my heart will move into righteousness. Do you see the difference? Going beyond your brain into your heart. It's one thing to believe with the mind unto righteousness, just an abstract theory or ideal. It's quite another thing to believe in the heart into righteousness that produces a transformation of habits, character, and life. I can tell you that you must change. If you're not changing, your heart hasn't changed. Maybe you've made some decisions in your mind, but you've not made any change. The problem is it has stuck in your mind and it's not gotten to your heart. Back in 2008 or 9, you guys always just have to hear my same stories. It's my testimony. But I was way overweight, and Elizabeth had offered to try to help me, and I rejected it. I was, I'm still kind of have a little bit of a rebellious streak. I want to kind of do my own thing. I don't like people pushing me. 
And she never pushed me. She never made me feel overweight. But she's very, very capable and knowledgeable and very helpful and was just trying to offer me some things. And I finally had to make a decision. I knew I was off. I knew I needed to change. But it wasn't until it got in my heart that I could push through. It had to get in my heart. It couldn't be somebody else's thing. It couldn't be somebody else's decision. It had to be mine. Not only did I have to make a decision, but my heart had to buy in in order to suffer through a diet. If not, I'm going to cave. It's too easy to cave. But once it got in my heart, um, I was able to overcome. Now, I will tell you, just recently, I've put on more weight. I could feel it coming. I could see it coming. I could feel it, and I could see it. You may say, you don't look like you're overweight. Well, you don't know. Mind your own business. But I already could feel I'm going to need to buy bigger pants, bigger shirts, and I don't want to do that. So what did I do? I went back to what I knew would work, got it back in my heart, have committed to it, and sure enough, started losing weight again. Son of a gun. When the Word of God gets in your heart and you start to walk it out, change will occur. It is out of your power and into supernatural power that you can't explain. But God moves according to his word and God moves according to faith. And you've got to get it beyond your head into your heart. John 14 verse 1 says you believe in It's the same word, in, literally into God. Believe also into me. I use that word just to try to get you to place an action. To believe is associated with a process of change or motion. It's not enough to believe in Christ, just merely accepting the facts of his life or truth and his teaching. We must believe into Christ, moved by heartfelt faith, out of ourselves and into Christ, out of our sin and into righteousness, out of our weakness and into his power, out of our failure and into his victory, out of our limitations and into his omnipotence. Did you hear where we're moving from us to him and what all those things entail? Out of bondage and into freedom. Out of struggle and into breakthrough. How can the light go on enough for you to consider changing? But the problem is considering is still leaving it in your mind. How does the switch get flipped to get you to move? It's really, I really have that question. (laughs) I don't have the answer. As a pastor, I need that answered. How to help you step. And I believe it's by doing what we're doing after service. I believe it's by doing what we're doing on Wednesday night to get us in a room together, hear about what we're walking through, and us help each other make the first step. I'm not called to do this on my own. The problems I face, I was never called to be alone. Part of Christ walking with me through my struggles is you walking with me through my struggles. We think it's just me and God. No! 
Can I tell you? Jesus is in heaven. Jesus is in heaven. His spirit is in us. So when you sit down to lunch with me and you hear my problems and you have testimony and say, wait a minute, I've been through that and I know God to be faithful in this area right here. If you will walk with me, I will walk you through this. We'll go through this together. I will help you. You know who's helping you? The Spirit of God is helping you. What does it take to get you to move? Scriptural faith of the heart always produces change. Definite. Experienced here and now. Not something merely hoped for in the future. John 6.47 uses the present and not the future tense when he says, He who believes has everlasting life. I don't have that one for the screen. He who believes has everlasting life. What he didn't say is he who believes will have. It says has. Now. God is the God of now. God is my God of now for what I am walking through. It's not something we have to hope for in the next world after death. It's something substantive now. Hebrews 11.1 1, again. The evidence of things not seen. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. So I want you to know faith deals with things you do not see. Put this connection together. I'm almost done. Faith is not based on the evidence of our physical senses, but of the eternal, invisible truths and realities revealed by God's Word. Faith is not based on our physical senses, but on the eternal, invisible truths and realities revealed in God's Word. Paul brings out the contrast between the objects of faith and the objects of sense perception when he says, we walk by faith, not by... We walk by faith, not by sight. We walk according to what God's Word says, His promises, His direction, His wisdom, not by what the, by the chasm that we see in front of us. Not by what everyone at the water cooler is vomiting out of their mouth, naysaying, going against what God's Word says, but it's so easy to accept in fact, sometimes it's easier to accept the wrong direction than it is to accept the right one. Why? Because you can't see it. And it's hard to walk when you can't see. Faith isn't easy. Faith isn't easy. But it is when it's in your heart. When God gets in your heart, your ability to walk with Him becomes easy. His yoke 
is easy. His burden is light. You know what your problem is? You're carrying your yoke. I want you to imagine getting yoked up like a cow, pulling a wagon of 50 tons. Now, you can see that mess in the back. You can see the baggage you're carrying. But you can't see what God has for you. Once you get the Spirit of God, the Word of God, the body of Christ in your heart, and you start believing, you know what happens? You don't start pulling that. You get yoked up with Christ. Christ pulls it. Not only does He pull it, He deals with it. He leaves it at His cross. And then He walks with you the rest of the way. You yoked with Him. He's now pulling. Can anybody grasp where it is that I'm trying to go? I feel like I've gone a little bit down a rabbit trail and I've gotten lost a little bit. But I can see, I can literally see my cart behind me with all the, forgive my French, crap that needs to be dumped. But I won't dump it. When the Word of God when faith gets in my heart, I leave that. Christ deals with that. But then I take on His yoke. And His yoke doesn't rub my neck. His yoke is covered with uh, velvet. Thank you. I wanted something more hip, but <laughs> lamb's wool. Um, f- flowers. <laughs> I'm not kidding. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. If you literally believe into God, you are going to change. Your situation is going to change. Faith is contrasted with sight. Faith is related to the truths revealed in God's Word. Our senses deal with things that are material and temporary and changeable. Faith deals with the revealed truths of God, which are invisible, eternal, and unchanging. When we're carnally minded, we can only accept those things that are revealed to us through our senses. But when we are spiritually minded, our faith makes the truth of God's Word more real than even our senses tell us. We don't base our faith on that with which we see or experience. We base our faith on God's Word. The things that we see or experience, the things we see or experience are the outcome of that which we already believed. Did you hear that? When I'm really walking in faith and I start getting the outcomes of what, of far greater than I could ever believe, that is, is what I'm seeing and experiencing is the outcome of my faith believing. My mind is blowing and I'm smelling the food. 
it's really kind of a good thing. Psalm 27, 13. Another good thing about feeding you afterwards is I don't have to worry about time. That went over about like I thought it would. (laughs) I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see in the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David did not see first and then believe. He believed first and then he saw. Do you hear me? He didn't see first. He believed and then he saw. Romans 10, 10. With the heart one believes to righteousness and with the mouth confession is made by salvation. There is a connection between faith in the heart and confession with the mouth. This is one of the major principles of God is he responds to your mouth. Matthew 12, 34 says, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Another way to say it is when the heart is full, it overflows through the mouth. So when our heart is full of faith in Christ, this will find its proper expression as we confess Christ openly with our mouth. When our faith is held back in silence, it is an incomplete faith that will not bring about results and the blessings that we desire. When faith remains in in you and not out of your mouth, it hasn't truly gotten gotten into your heart because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The things I am heartfelt, passionate about, I can't keep from talking about. All I got to do is spend spend about 20, 30 minutes with you and I will find out what's in your heart because you'll talk. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You may say or act like certain things, but what's really in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. This connection between mouth and heart, this is my last scripture. But since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Which comes first? You believe, then you speak. You believe, and then you speak. Faith. It's a condition of the heart, not the mind. It's in the present, not the future. It will produce positive change. It's based on God's word, and it must agree before accepting It's expressed by confession with the mouth. If you would, I'm going to just transition just right now into communion.